I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. I'm Patrick Cushman. And you're listening to Penske Material. You are aware that uh, Penske is interested in me. It's showtime. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Ooh, let's go racing today, boys. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. I swear to God, we look like the biggest bunch of wankers every week. Nice to be a ninja marching. He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. Kyle Busch is an ass. <laughs> you're not Penske Material. Hello, race fans, and welcome to another edition of Penske Material. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. With me, as always, Patrick Cushman. A lot to break down this week. Kansas recap, RCR bombshell, uh, and of course, we got the uh, Bristol elimination race coming up this weekend. Um, so let's start with the biggest news of the week. There was a uh, Bob Pockers Bob drop this morning. Uh, Brandon Jones, he's leaving. JGR to go to Junior Motorsports and drive the number nine car next year. Um, just kidding. That's not really the biggest news of the week. That is true, though, by the way. That, they just found that out this morning. Um, so, yeah, I guess taking over for Gregson, who's leaving. But uh, obviously, the big news of the week was where Kyle Busch is going to be going. Uh, the worst kept secret in motorsports leading up to the week. Um, he is going to RCR to drive the number eight car, um, which means Tyler Reddick, they're either going to have to get a third charter for him um or he's gonna get bought out by 2311 so we'll see how that all unfolds but pat what were your uh first uh thoughts from the uh, press conference yesterday well like you said it's been the worst kept secret in motorsports for a while so we've been expecting this for the past week and it's been rumored for two weeks so i didn't expect rcr to win this battle i honestly thought it was more towards colleague i thought they were going to win it and then they were going to expand with that truck team. But it is a very good fit um, for Kyle Busch, um, I guess. Is it? We'll only have to see. If they are able to win, if they're able to bring race-winning cars, yes, it will be. If they're not, this relationship can sour really quick. Yeah, you knew Richard Chill just after losing a guy like Tyler Reddick. He had to make a big move. Like, you couldn't settle for, like, a Ty Dillon. Like, it just wouldn't have. Like, you had to go out and get a big name. Uh, Kyle Busch does that. And I agree. I think at first it was kind of, like, an odd-sounding fit, especially because it was Austin Dillon that was the one, like, recruiting him. Um, like, too. So who knew they were as close as they were. But um, I guess, yeah, it kind of does make sense because um, he wants to uh, he wants to compete right away. They've shown the eight-car has been pretty fast this year, so he can contend for a championship, which is important to him. Uh, they got sponsored lined up and they, you know, they buried the hatchet from the whole the watch uh, debacle. Um, my biggest takeaway, well, there's two things that I, I thought were really interesting. Number one, in the contract, it said he would be allowed to race in the Indy 500 for a Chevy team, which I think would be really cool. Although we saw how Jimmy Johnson, Johnson's fared and arguably one of the Mount Rushmore drivers in NASCAR history. And, you know, his run hasn't gone there, but I mean, the, would you like to see this happen? And how do you think you would do in the Daytona 500 run? Or, excuse me, Indy, car, Indy 500 run? Yeah, I think it would be very cool. I mean, it's always cool to see um, guys from Formula One, guys from NASCAR, guys from all different disciplines of motorsports to hop over and try this marquee event. Um, and it is the biggest race in the world. So we'll see how good he does. I think he's one of the most talented race car drivers he can drive on any track he can drive in any car so i think he'll do decent it's hard to say um, until you get there because he's never driven one of these before so is he going to be able to get a one is he going to be able to get a competitive ride 
Um, could even slot in with like a Penske, because uh, that's a Chevy team and IndyCar. Um, other than that, I think the only other big team would be McLaren. Then there's Ed Carpenter Racing that uses Chevys. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of Chevy teams. Um, Penske and McLaren are the big ones. So he'd have to go to one of there to get a competitive ride um, and see how comfortable he is. Jimmy Johnson had speed um, and he was very comfortable. But once he got into traffic, he was not comfortable. Um, so during qualifying, he looked great. And then during the race, he kind of fell back. So one rookie of the year um, and led a lap off of pit cycle. Um, but it'll be fun. I love uh, Kurt did double duty um, a few years ago when he did the 500 and he did uh, the Coke 600. So I think it'll be very cool. I wish more guys could do it. Um, unfortunately, with the timing of the 500 and then the Coke 600, the that same day, it's a little tough. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I mean, McLaren would make sense. <laughs> They seem to be signing everybody these days uh, for their IndyCar team. But, um, yeah, I the last thing, I guess, with this, for me personally, I think that move might make RCR the most unlikable team next year between Pop Pop running the show, the reality TV star in the three, and then uh, Kyle Busch in the eight. Because people forget Kyle Busch is still kind of an ass, as Brad Kislowski reminds us every time in our intro. Um I mean, he was kind of on his best behavior the the past couple weeks, I think, because of the whole contract thing. And I do think also, too, some of his performance on the track has suffered because of the contract negotiation. So I still think it'll work out well for both sides. I think it's going to be very successful over there. But just, like, pure personality, either going to – I mean, either love Kyle Busch or you hate Kyle Busch. There's really no middle ground. And um, for me, I think that's going to be one of the most dislikable teams, but you need a villain in sports and – uh I think it's going to be fun. It'll, it will be fun to watch. I am looking forward to it. Now, that kind of leaves Tyler Reddick in an interesting spot because I think Richard is going to try. I, I Part of me thinks he doesn't want to pay all that money for a third charter for a guy he knows is not going to be there. And I think it was also, you know, continuing the Richard Shady, uh, Richard Childress uh, petty train. Uh, he told Tyler uh, less than an hour before the announcement happened. He took away his crew chief for, for next season uh, as well, who they've having a lot of success Uh there with the eight car and you know let's be honest i think they're probably going to give him a crappy ride and have him wallow there for a year and he's not going to be able to get money much information from that chevy team so it's going to be a miserable year for tyler reddick if he indeed has to stay there and uh drive a third car so i think part of it me thinks it's a bargaining ploy just so he can get bought out by 2311 which i think would work out for both sides but uh 2311 doesn't bite. I think it's going to be a tough year for Tyler Reddick, which by the way, for Richard Childress, I mean, I get it kind of, he left you and the other one didn't, but I don't know. It still seemed kind of seemed like another, another chapter and the uh, Tyler Reddick getting treated poorly on his way out. Now, from what I've heard, and I'm not on the Twitter, Twitter sphere like you are, is that they're going, it's going to be a chartered ride for Tyler Reddick and probably the 29 or the 31. Those are the historic RCR numbers. Um, although 31 is taken up by Colic, isn't it? So yeah. not the 31, probably the 29. Yeah. Um, and I've heard that they're going to borrow one of Colic's charters. That maybe that part-time charter is going to come over. But I I read that and I, that didn't really make a lot of sense to me because I would still think they want to run Almendinger. Yeah. At least part really schedule, cool. and you don't want to put him in an open. But <clears throat> yeah, I don't think they're going to want to pay the money for a charter. Um, so we'll see. They could have just be an open entry 
um, and hope that there's not 40 cars in the field, which there really hasn't been this year. So an open car is making the field nine times out of 10. Uh, but yeah, it is going to be tough for Tyler Reddick. Um, but that's kind of the consequence you have for announcing you're leaving a team a year early. Um, but this feud, will it affect him in the playoffs? I Tough to say. He He's run okay so far. Um, he was running – he was running um, first before he was he, running very strong in yeah. Kansas, uh, but you know th- it's going to be very awkward next year to say the least. I think the war between Gibbs, the Toyotas, and, and RCR is going to be really fun to watch too, because you know they're both a little salty. And I gotta say, I think Joe Gibbs and them kind of boxed this whole thing. If they really wanted Kyle Busch, they would have kept him. I think they made it clear we're playing it cheap, we're keeping Gibbs because the president of Toyota came out like they wanted to keep Kyle Busch. Um, he didn't want to lose them. They have his truck team there. He's been kind of the face of Toyota these past 10, 15 years since he's joined uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, and I think they made it like, I mean, I, I think Kyle Bush got his feelings hurt. Uh, and I think Joe Gibbs and them made it clear like, hey, you know what? Good luck to you. We're kind of going with the cheaper option. So that'll be interesting to see how it plays out, too, because I think Kyle, you know, he's obviously a big competitor. He's going to be heavily motivated. Uh, so that will be, that'll be interesting. That whole dynamic between Gibbs and, and Bush, uh, moving forward. I think this also has a lot of implications with the truck team too, because a lot of those guys who are driving KBM are in the Toyota pipeline. They're not KBM drivers, except for, I think, John Hunter Nemechek. But now with their move over to Chevy, where are these spots for all these Toyota drivers? Um, because they just lost. I mean, they had the three Xfinity cars and the three KBM trucks for them. Now those are all gone. Now you have really Thor Sports, the other big Toyota team. But other than that, there's there's a big drop off between all the other truck teams. So does Toyota try to make their own sort of team? Does JGR hop into the truck series? Um, lots of questions with that. Where do these talented drivers go? Like Chandler Smith, he is very talented. Um, you know, championship contender. Um, where does he go? Where does he fit in? Does he jump over to KBM? Does he go to Xfinity um, to take over the 19? Um, a whole lot of questions in these lower series need to be, are going to be, you know, starting to be asked now that this announcement is dropped. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where all the pieces fall. But uh, let's focus on the uh, present moments. So we just got back from Kansas. And I know it's probably your favorite race of the year because Bubba Wallace back in victory lane. Um, you know, maybe not as eventful as say the Darlington race, but I, you know, still a lot, uh, a lot to break down there. I think Bubba Wallace needed that win. Right? Cause there's been a lot of people that have said the Talladega win, like, look, I mean, he wasn't like to begin with as it was. And then his only win in the series to hang his hat on was kind of one or in Talladega where he avoided wreck and then there's a rain delay and he just won based off of that so this one he went once he took the lead he did not look back it was kind of a sunday drive for him once he got up front there ran away with it um and no one can really say anything about that one so that's really his first like i guess one that you can't call like a mickey mouse victory he earned that one he deserved it all the way uh and you know it kind of also made him the winningest black driver in nascar history so a lot to discuss there uh i mean with these two victories but uh, hopefully many more to come for him. I mean, he's had talent. I think they've shown speed all year. He ran pretty well at Darlington two he, weeks he ago. He's shown speed in the second half. The first yeah. year was 
first part dreadful. of the year was rough. I think once they got the pit crew down, they really started to pick up some steam second half. And we saw it in Michigan. And actually, this is kind of Kansas is kind of a similar track to Michigan, and they had a ton of speed at Michigan, so you knew it would probably be a good day for them. Um, all of Toyota was really fast yeah. on that mile and a half, which I think that's got a lot of playoff implications as, you know, we go down into the round of eight, I think, I mean, Christopher Bell is running up front. Denny Hamlin was running up front. Yep. Hamlin. Yep. Uh, blah, 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 was. So I think, you know, going into racetracks like Texas, um, what other mile and a half do we still have? Oh, that's a good question. I got to pull up the schedule off the. Uh... Yeah, but anyways, I mean, they showed a lot of speed and Toyota coming into the year, everyone thought they were a little bit behind, um, and then Chevy became a, the front runner, um, and really Ford, I think, is probably the kind of the one that's behind right now. But Toyota has shown a lot of speed in these past weeks, and that, it's interesting to note in the last ten races, Bubba has the top average finish out of all Cup drivers, yeah. so he has shown a lot of momentum. Um, so is this kind of like the Phoenix of his career? Is this where everything starts to pick up and he makes the playoffs next year? Um, I don't know if he'll ever win a championship or be a championship contender, um, but can he be a top 10 driver of this series? Um, I think this is his chance to prove it. He's got the speed now. He's got the pit crew down. He's got the crew chief driver combo down. Um, so it's up to him. Yep. We'll see what he can do. And all the pieces are in place. I think the biggest thing, too, for him was the confidence. And you could see he was engaged the whole time. And you heard Freddie Kraft over the radio, like, <laughs> and he's like, hey, like, just let me drive. I send it, like, you know, send it drive right now. So, you know, very calm and collected the whole way. And, you know, thankfully for him, there was no late uh, race restarts that came out. Um, the other big two, big, two big things out of this race, Kevin Harvick. He kind of got, he was the latest victim of the uh, Ross Chastain uh circus tour uh they were going three wide for a, i think about a lap it was him bubba wallace and harvick and chastain just decided yeah i don't really want to go three wide anymore went up the track rode bubba into harvick and he was out of the race his second dnf he's going to have to win at bristol i hate to say it i think his season as far as playoffs are concerned is over after that one yeah um and just to go to back to that other point there's vegas and miami as well as texas left and um vegas and my vegas and miami are both in the round of eight so those are two opportunities to race your way into the championship um and so that's where jgr i think will be looking but yeah kevin harvick i mean he won those two races and people were calling him a championship contender um kind of a nearsighted thought we both said that maybe that's a bit of an overreaction. Um, and, you know, this accident wasn't necessarily his fault. Um, and that's just the way these playoffs are, is you get a DNF. Um, and unless you have those playoff points like Chase Elliott does, um, you're going to be struggling. So now he knows he's, he's going to have to race for a win. He's done well at Bristol in the past. Um, he's going to have to win, but I, I don't think he gets it done. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Especially, I got favorites throughout the field that I would pick ahead of them, uh, and especially two DNFs, which is tough. Tyler Reddick also tough race for him. He was running well, like you said. He lost a tire. We saw a lot of tires going down. That hurt his chances. He's now uh, on the outside looking in. Um, I think he can get in. What I thought was interesting about this Reddick's two to the good. 
Two to the good now. Okay, so he's still yeah. he's still. Um, so I think yeah, it's- the guys who are out Chris are Kyle Busch, yep. Austin Dillon. Um, they're down by two and three, and then Chase Briscoe's down by nine, and Kevin Harvick by thirty-five. I think Briscoe and Harvick are done. I think Dillon's probably done. I think Bo- Bo- Kyle Busch, I think, is getting out of there. We know Bristol's one of his better chat tracks. And actually, I was going to talk about this later. I actually think he was the fastest car in the field there for a while when he got sent to the back after a pit penalty. He was picking them off one by one. It was like watching Max Verstappen at an F1 race. He worked his way up through the field quick. He was nearing the top 10, uh, I think, near the end of the second stage. And then he just made an uncharacteristic mistake off the turn and kind of killed his car and something back to the field. But he's heading into one of his better tracks. He's got the contract talks behind him. And they were really, like, as you mentioned with the Toyota theme, I think his Toyota was probably the fastest one out there before that happened. So I think he's going to be okay. Um, the driver that really, I think, saved their season. There's two of them. And I said this last week, too. Like The two track house guys kind of saved their season with that race. I thought Ross Chastain could not afford a bad finish because Bristol would be the perfect time to take someone out on a short track, maybe get your revenge if he's on the bubble. He finished top 10. I think he'll be okay. And um, I think Daniel Suarez, really, that third stage, kind of saved his season as well because you'd be a guy I would be concerned about. He had a kind of a mediocre finish at Darlington. You have another one of those, you're in trouble. That last stage, he was the uh, second fastest car on the track. They were saying the final stage behind Denny Hamlin, who had the fastest uh, last uh, half of the race. But Suarez, after they made, they they kind of stayed out the longest. They had a really poor pit stop, but because he had the fresh tires, his last run, uh, he was able to work his way up the field too. He made a late pass on Austin Sindrick and uh, Chase Elliott, and nearly got to Ryan Blaney in the last lap for ninth. But the fact he got top ten. That was huge for him because if he was in the bottom four, I think he'd be in trouble as well. I think he's still in trouble, but that kept his season alive, the fact that he was able to squeak into the top 10 there. Yeah, I think uh, 10 through 15 are all in this race for those three spots. Because um, you look at uh, Ross Chastain, he's 26 to the good. He's in ninth. Just finished the race. Yeah. Um, pick up a couple stage points. Uh, unless someone wins, that's the only way – You'd be in trouble, but mostly I'm focusing on Daniel Suarez, who's six to the good. Um, and six points, that's one stage, right? That's not even – you can but pass that in a he stage. made all of that up in the third stage because he was yeah. in the thing until that final stage. Uh, Tyler Reddick, plus two. Austin Sendrick, plus two. Um, and then Kyle Busch, minus two. Austin Dillon, minus three. Chase Briscoe, minus nine. Unless SHR brings something they haven't, he's probably out. But between a lot of those guys, that's going to be fun battle to watch. Uh, strategy, I think, will play a big part in, the, you know, stage points um, and that sort of thing. So it's going to be an interesting battle to watch. I think a lot of it's going to be um, going to be based on the cars that they bring. If they bring a good car, I think they'll be fine. I think especially with Kyle Busch, I think they'll be fine. Um I think it'd be very disappointing if he missed it, but I could also see maybe JGR not giving him the best equipment. Um, But for a lot of these guys, like, do they get caught up in an early wreck? Do they lose a tire like in stage three and finish 25th? At that point, you're probably out unless you won both stages or had really good stage points. So it's going to be interesting to watch these guys. Um, Everyone else is pretty much fine unless, you know, you DNF and have a 36th place finish. Um, but it should be interesting. Bristol night race is always one of the best races of the year. Last year was a really good race. Lots of drama at the end. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I Bristol's 
one of my favorite tracks. So I'm pumped for uh, Saturday night. I am too. The fact that the short track racing has been kind of one of the worst ones they've had, though, is a little concerning. But I think because of the fact that we've had two winners that aren't outside the playoffs in the uh, so far, really makes it like kind of an open field and adds a lot more drama to it than we said. Um, interestingly enough, Chase Elliott, I think, was the slowest Hendrick car last week. The fact I think he was able to push that thing, what was it, like 11, 15th or 11th, I, I forget, was uh, kind of, you know, I was surprised he finished even that high. Alex Bowman, too, had a pretty good run going, which we thought he would be near the bottom. And, you know, his first two races, he's not. So it looks like he's going to get in, too, which I think, like you said, it's yeah. going to make things really interesting. That last race in Kansas, I think the third stage, you know, Bubble kind of ran away with it, but like the mid-pack racing we saw really made up for. There's going three wide for a while. There's some great battles between Larson and Chastain, and we're going to get that at Bristol now too with the playoffs on the line. Uh, so maybe not even up front. I think a lot of the stuff happened in the mid-pack because like you said, it just kind of comes down how you can finish between one stage. So gloves are coming off. I think it's going to be uh, – it, it should be great to watch. Um, if you had to go your pick for this week, and I, I was way off last week. I said it would probably be a Hendrick car. And I looked like it was doing okay with Bowman there for a second, and then he fell off. The Toyos walloped him. Um, I probably go. I'm probably going Kyle Busch for the. Re I mean, now you know it's not like this uh, out on a limb pick. I realize, but I think the fact that I said like like I said, he was the fast. He was one of the fastest cars last week. Contract talks are behind him. As long as Gibbs doesn't screw him and give him crappy equipment, which I don't think he will. There's no reason for him to at that point. Um, you know, he's been good at Bristol. We all he already won the dirt race this year. Uh, so I think he would probably be my pick uh, to win that one, or at least we're on very well. Um, I'm going to go Chase Elliott, another concrete win. Yeah. And that'd make it interesting too, because I think he's kind of set in the playoffs too, because really he just couldn't have another DNF this yeah, week. He's plus 28 to the good. Yeah. It just shows how important those playoff points were, because he started off with like 45, I think. Yeah. So, well, the um, first scare hurt when he crashed the puppy car and then they were very slow and qualified. I'm like, Oh, this could be interesting. He finishes near the back, but uh, didn't quite happen. So I think he's good because he was able to get that in the middle of the pack. But yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think that'll be, that'll be interesting to watch. Schedule comes out later today. It hasn't come out yet, but we do know a couple dates that will be on there. One of them that was just said, it was North Wilkesboro uh, to, for the all-star race. Um, I think overall that was one of the most unified i've seen nascar twitter in a while that everyone was pumped it was one leaving texas which is kind of the camp i am and then two obviously you know a lot of the old school fans are happy it's going back to north uh, wilkesboro um they had the uh, street stock race with dale there on august 31st which was a huge success now my concern would be there's the same thing because we went to the race at um irp and a lot of people were like oh this would be a cool spot for like the all-star race too it's like the facilities there kind of small if you're going to hold a cup event and i think it'd be the same thing for north wilkesboro you even heard people that like one couldn't get in because the lines are too long there was only a couple bathrooms there the traffic getting out took like three hours so i don't think the track needs to be repaved or anything because by all accounts it races pretty well but if they're gonna have an all-star race there i think nascar is gonna have to tell them like oh look, you're gonna have to make a couple facility upgrades if we're gonna do it here because i do not think it can hold an event of that capacity and I think it'd be horrible to go to. I would rather watch that on TV. Yeah, I'm in the same camp as you. Uh, the, right, is it a historic track? Yes, of course. Um, but you got to put, you know, it's the 21st century. It's 2022. Um, 
things are, you know, it's not like the 1980s now. I mean, you're going to have people driving in from all over. You need, you know, the interstate um, system. You just need all this infrastructure to be built and to be modernized. Um, and having like two portageons isn't going to cut it. Um, th this is the top tier of, of motorsport in America. Um, and as much as local tracks are great, are fun to go to and stuff, um, you, does anyone really want to go to a race where you have to wait three hours at the end of it to get out of there? No. So um, I think it's cool. Um, NASCAR is going to definitely have to put money into it, though, because uh, like you said, with IRP, I think it's very almost very similar to it, um, but they're going to have to put in a lot of upgrades. And I think they will. I would. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Is there any other dates? So we know the Chicago Street Court. I mean, that's the date I got circled. I think that's going to be July 4th weekend. That's the one I'm most excited about um, for the ones they have announced. Uh, is there any that's stand out to you i mean phoenix for the championship was kind of we all knew that um obviously daytona 500 um so i guess before the schedule comes out is there any you think that will be on there that'll be surprised do you think any tracks lose two races i think i heard kansas might lose a second race um, yeah i think with like richmond or kansas i think it's going to be interesting to see if they keep the two races um i don't think either one of them really deserves two races and kansas was not totally full last weekend um and especially uh their spring race wasn't totally full either so i don't know if they deserve two races i don't think we need two races in kansas um especially if we're having a race in chicago um it's going to be interesting if, if uh you know maybe iowa gets a race instead of that kansas state um i think that could be a dark horse but if the if the problem there's where are these guys going to go? If we take all these dates away, where are they going to go? There's not that many other, you know, NASCAR level tracks that we could go to. Um, so I think it's hard to take away dates at this point, unless they add road courses, which I don't think they are. But I think the big one is, is to see if um, Kansas and Richmond, I think those are the two big ones to look at. I would almost, I mean, it's not going to happen because Texas is such a big market but Texas should not have two dates. They're going to because Dallas, huge market. That's like I think they have to in their contract. Yeah, uh, but that's unfortunate because the racing there kind of stinks. And I think both races this year at Kansas were pretty good. Uh, I think the overall, uh, the Richmond races were not like they were pretty good too. So I wouldn't mind them having two dates as well. Texas would be the one I really like to go back there. I've heard that in their contract, they have to have two races. Which, that's yeah, and that makes so much sense. And they're going to have two this year. Uh, but, ooh, but, well, they're repaving Texas now, too. So maybe they'll make it bearable. But, yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if Homestead gets two dates again. I think that might be, like, if Richmond or Kansas loses a date, you go to Homestead twice. Like, one at the end of the season, one at the beginning of the season. That would make sense. Still no word on the new schedule, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see when it comes out. I guess we'll, we'll just have to break it down next week. All right, finally, uh, well, I guess final two things. This week, we got to do wrap of the week. Um, last week, didn't have one. Uh, Pat got caught up into a wreck at uh, Darlington, so did not finish the podcast. But uh, this week, Pat, I will let you go first this week. I've gone first the past two times, and I've won both of them, so we will flip it around here for you. Which one are you going with for your wrap of the week? 
Um, and I'm going with a non-one-off. I'm going one that gets run a decent amount, not every week, but uh, I'm going with the number 47. Damn it, that's the one I was going to Sunny D Chevrolet Camaro. Um, is it that or the 38 <coughs> uh, truck uh, of Zane Smith? But I'm going to go with the Sunny D car. Um, it's a clean scheme that orange and blue just pops. Um, everyone loves Sunny D. I think especially with the number pushed forward and they can put like the citruses and the bottle on there. I think it's a sick scheme. That was an awesome one. I love that one. I took my girlfriend to her first race and that was the one. And I, I was a big fan. She was, I was a big fan of the Sunny D car. Uh, every time and he actually got some TV time too. He was running up front for a while. And then Stenhouse does what Stenhouse does and spun out. But uh, I, uh, I was a fan. All right, I'm just going to have to go with my backup car. <laughs> Uh, I'm going with Corey LaJoy and the uh, die-cast Chevrolet. I forget which one it was, but it had the line on it. Kind of a cool paint scheme. Um, fortunately, he was running in the back, and the only time he got on TV is when the car got destroyed. But uh, I thought that was a pretty sharp-looking one uh, as well. So that, uh, that is what I will be going with. The... Yeah, I thought that was a cool one. That was my second choice yeah. as well. So um I didn't know Circle B diecast uh, sponsored a car, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess he, they got to do what they got to do over there at Spire. It's probably pretty cheap for them, too. <laughs> yeah, Spire stuff. So I wonder how much it would be to get on a sponsor for a back running car like that. Still probably. A I, it, I mean, it's less, but it's still probably a lot. I mean, you're still probably throwing like $100,000. Yeah, that sounds about right. Finally, uh, IndyCar Championship. This week, we're an IndyCar-friendly uh, podcast. Uh, my driver, Scott McLaughlin, kind of in the mix there. And then your guy, Joseph, uh, Joseph uh, Newgarden, also like an actual contender. I mean, McLaughlin was more because he won uh, last week in, uh, what was it, Portland? was two weeks ago? Or, yeah, Portland. Portland. Uh, but, yeah, it was really coming down to power. Uh, Newgarden, uh, Scott Dixon. Uh, so, yeah, I'll leave floor to you, I guess. Recap impressions of the race, quick recap. Uh, what you, what'd you think of uh, the uh, new champion, Will Powell? Yeah, um, first championship since uh, 2014. Um, and it's kind of odd to see, you know, it's always weird to see when there's two championships and they're very far apart um, like this. Um, but he's been driving consistently. He's the fastest driver on the grid. He also broke the record. Uh Mario Andretti's record for the most polls um, in IndyCar history. Um, and so for him to win the poll and to win the championship, um, the Astor Cup is his. Um, and he proved that consistency is key in IndyCar. Um, he took the top fives he could get. He only had finished with one win. Newgarden finished with five. Uh, but Newgarden also got into more wrecks, had a couple of 20th place finishes, 15th and stuff. Whereas Will Power just kind of, you know, he'd finish fifth or he'd finish fourth and he wouldn't be in the news. Um, but then you come to the end of the season and, oh, he's the points leader and he keeps winning these polls. He's running up front. Um, and that was big. Uh, Alex Polo won. Was that his last win with Chip Ganassi? Um, that's going to be a, be a big story. Um, a new garden coming from the back and finishing second. That was a great drive that he had at a track that, you know, it's not necessarily easy to pass. Uh, he really drove the hell out of that thing. So they did everything they could do. Will Power is 20 points to the good. 
So he just needed to finish top five. And then once he led a lap, then he just needed to finish top six. Um, and that's if like Dixon maxed out on points or New Garden maxed out on points, which they ended up not doing. So um, Power did what he needed to do. Um, he had a good season. Uh, I thought this was a very good IndyCar season where you have three, you had five going into the last two races and then three real contenders. Technically, McLaughlin was in, but he would have needed the top three to crash out. So, Just the fact, though, he was there, I think. I actually think that's an early championship favorite for next year. Yeah, I think all the Penske guys are. I mean, the Penske was so fast. The only place they weren't fast was the Indy 500 out of all places. Um, but Penske was so good this year. Um, very dominant. I think they led over like 65% of the laps. Um, so they had really good cars this year. Um, and it was such a good year. Um, it goes by this every year, you know, um, and I'm excited for next. Yeah. It, it kind of goes to show, you know, we had this debate a couple weeks ago about the playoff format. I mean, power was kind of like the uh, Martin Truex of IndyCar consistently running near the top and he's been consistent all year. Uh, had he been, well, I guess he got a win, so he would have been in there. there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, worthwhile to look at uh, the fact that he um, was consistent all year and he ended up getting in, wasn't didn't necessarily come down to wins. Um, but, hey, you know what? He is Penske material. We are not. I found it fitting that he won the championship finishing third. I thought that was very fitting that he did not win, you know, after that. I always saw him that interesting too, like motorsport. Because then, if you're like Polo, like you can do, like do you even like celebrate like that much? I don't know. If you I, you feel weird like doing like a burnout or something, like what? Well, I think it, it's especially weird. It's especially weird because that might have been his last race with Chip Ganassi, and his boss is suing him right now. Yeah, so that's gotta be really awkward. Detail. We need those parts for next year. Yeah, that'll be silly. Season has really been a wild. I mean, between yeah. that and then I th there's a bunch of um, F1 drama going on, too. Yeah, with Colton Herta, which apparently they're not going to let him go to F1 now, um, which I think, which this is a conversation for another day, but the, the way that they do the points for the super license, they put IndyCar on the same level as F3. That's so stupid. Like, yeah, and too. you see Grosjean. Grosjean was a decent Formula One driver, and he can't. he's not even in the top 10 of points in IndyCar, so... I think they need to start respecting IndyCar a little more, but they're European, so they won't. It's sad too. And like I was listening to um Connor Daly talk. He has like a podcast in Dirty Mo Media, and he was like, they have like a driver's chat, like all these series do. And he was saying, like, someone put in there and it was like he was like reflecting. He's like, Yeah, it's like sad but true. This is like the best racing series nobody knows about. They mm. get completely disrespected. The amount of talent in there. I mean, Jimmy Johnson, one of like the He's right in the back of the field, but he's arguably one of the top four NASCAR drivers of all time. You got four F1 drivers in there. Uh, you know, there's a lot. Of, you got international drivers. Like, Kyle McLaughlin was, you know, a... Um, Three-time champion in Australia. Exactly, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I agree. It needs I mean, a lot yeah, of... Yeah, and even, the, uh, even, like, you guys got in the back of the field, like, Callum Eilat, who finished second in F2, who was a contender for an F1 seat. Yeah, you got a lot of, and then you got guys like Scott Dixon, six-time champion, Joseph Newgarden. You got talent up and down the grid there, um, and just does not get the respect. And I think the racing isn't bad. 
I think the raising is a lot better than that one. I think it's excellent. I on a, any given weekend, like last uh when it was Dar- there was the triple header for racing, Formula One, NASCAR, IndyCar. The the IndyCar race was a better watch than the Formula One race. Yeah. And it's oh, it is. on a consistent basis. Uh I'm glad because I just I'll be honest, I was I just started watching it this season. And it's been and I've been watching F1 for the past couple seasons. It's a lot better. Like immediately you're like, oh. It's kind of like the same thing, but like there's a lot more passing. They run a little bit closer together. Um, there's act, there's strategy. You know, there's guys, different guys running up front. Um, you got close championships. Um, yeah, you got you know. There's so much. It's so much more exciting. Qualifying day too is fun. Um, it's it's a good watch. I enjoyed it. I watched even that, and I watched the IndyCar race over the NASCAR race. Cause I knew I'd be able to watch the end of the NASCAR race, of course, but once power one, I turned over to NASCAR, but I love IndyCar. I think it's a great series. Um, kind of, kind of sucks that it doesn't get the respect it deserves. Even in America, I think a lot of people don't even know what it is. Right. It's too bad too. Cause so many times you see these people divide, like, Oh, I'm only a NASCAR fan. I'm only a formula one fan. You just enjoy motorsports as a whole. Uh, Cause it's too bad. But uh, I, I agree. It is bogus that it's down with Formula 3 on the super license. I think that's something that's going to have to change. But I think for Herta, I mean, I, he probably wouldn't – would he would have had a tough time over there simply because I don't think they would give an American a very fair shot necessarily. And he is kind of a year too early. But who knows? Um, should be exciting next week, though. We're going to go down to uh, 12 drivers after this week. So we'll be here to break it down for you. I'm Mitch Kaminsky. That's Patrick Cushman. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week.